This is the Hartford Online Radio Network. 21st Century Audio. Delivered. Alcohorn.com. Good evening, folks. It's Tuesday. It's the Hartford Online Radio Network on thehorn.com, and this is Open for Business, the show that features hands-on business owners, managers, consultants discussing everything and anything that has to do with running a business in the 21st century, and most especially here in 2012. Our sponsors are Gateway Financial Group, the accounting firm of Budwitz & Meyerjack, Sherper Technologies, and CentralCTDental.com, the home of Drs. Camp, Zambor, and Brian's favorite, Dr. Lupini. Lupini! I'm Tommy Russo. This is Ken Cook. We're the host here of uh, Open for Business. And our guest this evening is Tom Haugie. Did I get it right? Haugie. Haugie. Close, okay. close enough. Haugie. <laughs> I'm, I'm <gonna laughs> Norwegian descent. Norwegian descent. He is co-founder and chairman of FIPIO. Tom, welcome aboard. Before we actually get to you, though, as uh, Ken had mentioned prior to the show, I always like to start the show off, or we always like to start the show off with a couple quotes. Now, Ken, I've got a great range. I've got Zig Ziglar and right. Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> that's that's a pair. <laughs> that's definitely a pair. All right, I, I happen, go ahead. I happened to see both of them at a seminar last week. I'm yeah, just well, it all depends. <laughs> I'll be able to know, depending on whether the quote from Bonaparte was pre-Waterloo or post-Waterloo. <laughs> but go ahead. Here we go. Greatness Sorry. is nothing unless it is lasting. And then the next hmm. one is, motivation is the fuel necessary to keep the human engine running. That's too easy. I think so, too. Bonaparte 1 and Ziegler 2. You got it. That was too easy. Well, you know, I figured I'd mix it up a little bit, bring Bonaparte into the show. It's the first very, time ever. Very Jim Collins of the Bonaparte quote, don't you think? Yeah. Jim Collins, author of Built to Last, Good to Great. You know, yes. something I never thought of it until this moment, but you're absolutely right, Brian. It is very mm. Jim Collins-esque. That makes me sad. You've never thought that I'm absolutely right until this very moment? <laughs> this would be the first and possibly <laughs> only time. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, Tom, welcome, man. Nice to have you here. Nice to be here. Thanks. Glad you're here. Ken, you want to kick the well, festivities I'll kick off? I'll kick us off. Okay. Tom, is, Tom and I met over a cup of coffee. I'm probably going back six weeks, eight weeks now. Yep, probably. Somewhere around there. And I was absolutely fascinated for an hour as he described the launch of his company, Fipio, which is video conferencing, video chats, really more than conferencing. Um, video message, video messaging and video chat. Okay. And there are a whole bunch of aspects about Fipio that I want to explore. First and foremost, take us through the short timeline, if you would, when you came up with the idea and how you got to the point where you are today. Okay. Um, well, January um, of the spring of 2011. Okay. Um, January I did of the spring? What does that mean? <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Um, in the spring of 2011, I did a program through University of Virginia called Semester at Sea. Um, and we actually embarked in January. Um, ah, and there you we go, We were on the MV Explorer, and we took – University of Virginia courses while we were at sea, um, and we would travel the countries around the globe. Uh, we actually circumnavigated the whole globe, um, and somewhere along the way, I believe it was in the Pacific Ocean, um, I think it was between Hawaii and, and the 
um, continental US. Um, me and my friends started talking about business ideas. Um, I think what kind of prompted the whole internet stuff is I kind of wanted to do a prank idea where there's a site where you track celebrities and basically there could be mobile apps. You see them, you take a picture of it, it logs the GPS location. Other people can go on, like verify if they think it was true or false. You can kind of type in a celebrity and you see pictures of them going across a map. Kind of just, just I, a prank. But I can see him lining up to invest in that one, can't you? <laughs> Especially George Clooney. Hey, you know, I TMZ is all about that kind of paparazzi stuff. So yes, they are. They're doing pretty good. <laughs> but um, and we kind of realized either we're gonna get sued by these celebrities <laughs> or the government's gonna have an issue here. So we kind of moved away from that. But I realized that you can't really learn a language without studying abroad there, living there or at the very least speaking with someone who's fluent. Um, so I thought it would be great if you can find and connect and video message and video chat with people in other countries. So say you want to learn Mandarin, um, you can find someone in Beijing who knows Mandarin and is trying to learn English. Um, you can learn your Mandarin, they can learn your their English. Um, you can kind of become friends, share cultures. If you ever want to go there, you have a place to stay, wh whatnot. Um, so we kind of rolled with that. Um, there's actually a company called Verbling that just raised a million dollars to do that, and they're they're starting to take off. Um, but then we kind of realized there's a million things you want to connect based on, whether it's um, you live in a certain area and play soccer, or you live in a certain country you're going to travel to, or basically just connecting on interests or location, or basically anything besides name. Um, so we kind of expanded from there. Um, and it was kind of a roller coaster from there. We got back, my co-founder moved up to Maine. We started working on it. We moved to New York, um, got an investment. We moved to Colorado, kept working on it. We've been all over the place. Um, well, why do you keep moving? Why not just stay in Connecticut or Maine or wherever? Um, I mean, it's really, it's, I don't know, we're young and it's fun. I, couch surfing around um, yeah, well, that's probably the best answer you could probably give, isn't it? <laughs> i mean it's good for entrepreneurship movement um <laughs> you sort of deflated my zinger there i was like oh yeah okay yeah that's fine i mean <laughs> for example like we've gotten press in big newspapers in multiple states and it uh, wouldn't have been possible if we weren't actually in the states when they were writing the articles so that's a great point yeah i like it are you suggesting that hartford is not like the hub of everyone's interest on yes. the internet yes. come on <laughs> come on very much so you come on the hartford <laughs> online radio network and you say that kind of oh come on all right to that point tom shared with me an article on innovation and ecosystems pardon the term brian for getting early stage businesses started and they listed the top 25 in the world and believe it or not hartford and the state of connecticut were not on the list oh yeah. i'm so shocked yes <laughs> we are sandwiched between two of the top 25 boston and new york new york number two boston i think in the low 20s somewhere 18 i think 18 What's going on in Connecticut? What, I mean, you're a Connecticut resident, so what have you seen here? Or what, is there anything that would entice you to do a startup that's Connecticut-based? No. Well, not for me. I mean, it's hard for me because I live in West Hartford, and I'm not currently in college. 
Um, if I was on a college campus, it might be a different environment. But what I've found is it's just not a good environment. I feel like the whole, well, for one, I feel like the whole state's kind of confused as whether it's part of Boston or part of New York. I mean, <laughs> even the Connecticut Congress men and women have greater New York City area on their LinkedIn profiles. It's like, you're not really? even going to put your own, yeah, Jim Himes, it says greater New York City area. Oh my gosh, I never noticed that. <laughs> um, but, and I mean, the whole environment, I think it's just kind of backwards when it comes to startups. Well, what do you look for? I mean, what gets you excited as far as environment? What are the characteristics that you look for? Um, I think the best way to judge an environment is basically think about what would happen if you had the best idea ever and you were really brilliant, but you just showed up in a place and didn't have credentials or connections, what would happen? Um, here, I think you'd probably starve and die. Uh, <laughs> um, but for example, um, Silicon Valley, the environment's a lot different. Um, they're all about couch surfing, bootstrapping. It's couch surfing, help the uneducated. Yeah, one, one person who really has nailed this model in terms of environment is Daniel Epstein, um, founder of the Unreasonable Institute, and it's actually based in Boulder, um, but I'm sure we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. The program I was telling you about, he's founder of as well. Got it. Um, but the way it works is it's an incubator like Y Combinator, Techstars, all these incubators. Um, but the really cool thing he's done is everyone lives together. Um, I think they actually have a frat house um, really? at Boulder. I'm not sure exactly what the building is, but the VCs live there, the angel investors live there, the entrepreneurs live there, the mentors live there. So it's this really tight-knit environment, um, and it really helps these companies to grow. Now, when you say live there, I mean truly residing or they have office space there? I mean, it's hard for me to imagine, at least some of the venture capitalists that I've known over the years, agreeing to, okay, I'm going to stay in this frat house for the next six months. And I don't mean to be a doubting Thomas, but I'm going to be a doubting Thomas in this particular moment. Right. Um, well, so the incubator, I don't believe it's six months long. I typically, I don't know about his program specifically because um, I'm not involved with it, but typically they're like a summer program or three-month program or four-month program. Um, so for that three or four months, these people are living there. Um, and it's even cooler when he goes, he actually, same story as, sorry, go on. No, I just, it seems a great idea, a great concept, and I'm excited to hear that this actually exists somewhere. Yeah, no, and, and so the way it works is it's nothing none of these tech in incubators are anything like the ones in Connecticut. The ones in Connecticut, you actually pay for space in the in the thing. All the typical technology incubators, normally the way it works is they give you some money um, and they'll take some equity. Um, so your kind of interests are aligned. Um, they're helping you out. And if you do well, they do well. Um, and it helps you if you're kind of don't have the resources and whatnot. Um, they normally have like a demo day on the last day where you can pitch to potential investors, VCs, angels. Um, but the really even coolest thing, now that he can, he has the same founding story as we do at FIFIO, um, he actually came up with the idea for Unreasonable Institute while going around the world on semester at sea because um, he really realized that in other countries, everyone's an entrepreneur, whether it's a rickshaw driver in India or just someone on the streets vending food in Ghana. 
Um, so he kind of thought in that mindset of seeing a problem and trying to solve it through entrepreneurship. Um, but now that he's taking his program and putting it back on the ship where he came up with it, not only are they living together, but they have everything taken care of. They have um, food, they have shelter, they have Wi-Fi, and they're all living together. And not just the mentors, not just the entrepreneurs, not just all that. There's also about 600 students getting UVA credit who can serve as college interns along the way. Um, there's also lifelong learners on there, a great faculty um, representing uh, colleges from around the country. And then their transportation is paid for because they're literally on the ship going country to country around the world. So if they're ready to scale internationally, where do I there sign you go. up? <laughs> Where do I sign now, up? This is on Reasonable at Sea, correct? Uh, correct. So it's basically a partnership between Daniel Epstein's Unreasonable Institute in Boulder. Um, George, George Kemble's one of the co-founders of Stanford's D School um, out in California. And it's also a partnership between Semester at Sea, which is the chief of staff, Luke Jones, is kind of the one involved with the program. So let me get this straight. So this is... Instead of someone saying, okay, you, you have a great idea for that um, for Fipio.com or for what, whatever, whatever it is, instead of me just giving you my money and putting you through the paces of you know, business proposals and all that kind of stuff, instead I'm going to take more of an interest. I'm going to seed you some money and a lot of startup cost, and I'm going to have you come in and live with all the people that are going to be either directly involved or indirectly involved in your project and let's see if we can all get it going together. So instead of me just being the money guy, I'm creating a whole ecosystem for you. I'm creating a whole environment, creative environment for you to work. Is that right? Right. So the way it works is, incredible. is this yeah. program will take between, I think they typically take between 4 and 8% equity with an average of 6%. Um, they don't want any control. They don't take board seats, anything. Um, they have a great list of mentors already lined up, including um, founder of WordPress, former CTO of HP, um, a VP of Global Development for IBM, all sorts of big names. They've got a full video crew to shoot a reality show called The Unreasonables. Um, the name is, is based on the George Bernard Shaw quote. Um, they actually have the producer of ER um, on the ship. Um, they've got um, all sorts of partnerships with um, organizations like TED, um, different organizations from all around the world, and just and bringing you, them all together. You and your partner are aligned or applying to be part of this program. Right. So Jeff and I um, have applied for this program that will be on the spring 2013 voyage of Semester at Sea. Um, so the Semester at mm. Sea program will be going on while this program is going on. How big is this ship, just out of curiosity? Um, I believe it's 590 feet. It's actually the world's fastest cruise liner. 590 feet? World's fastest cruise liner? How fast does it go? Pretty fast. We, we had all four <laughs> engines going at once, once, and it, yeah. it's pretty fast. Um. That's a whole other topic. That I was just going to say, yes, what does that matter? I'm sorry, Brian. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I need to ask. It doesn't. In the involvement for um, the Unreasonable Institute, Unreasonable at Sea, and all of the initiatives surrounding this, 
Is there any government involvement whatsoever? Um, well, question. I imagine. Um, I do know that in each country they're lining up events with political figures, VCs, serial entrepreneurs. Um, but I mean for the start of this concept and this incubator, was there government involvement to get it up and running? Oh, absolutely not. So it was Epstein and whoever his collaborators were that got it up and going. Yeah, I believe the three main guys were Daniel Epstein, George Kemble, and Luke Jones. Mm. I, I hope you're very wildly successful with FIPIO, and we're going to get more into what the heck FIPIO is. But, you know, if you get this experience, I would almost love to see someone like you bring something like that to Connecticut. Yeah. And I yeah. don't really know if you need to go on a ship. I mean, you, yeah, I think you need a space. I yeah. Can, you know, the ship is sort of more symbolic, I think. You know, you're sort of everywhere and nowhere at the same time. But uh, but that would be interesting. To no, exactly. Um, I think for Daniel Epstein, the great thing is not just is he the founder and CEO of Unreasonable at Sea, it's kind of his chance to incubate his own institute, Unreasonable Institute, by going on the voyage himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so his model really, I, I know he wants to scale internationally. Um and his model really can be done anywhere. It can be done here. It's like, it's for me, it's like, I mean, if if you feed me, clothe me, shelter me, and give me Wi-Fi, I can do anything. But, I mean, in Connecticut, I pretty much have to ask my mom or my uncle for that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> do you know the state of Connecticut is putting $50 million into the attempt to get this established? Yeah, I don't know. I You see... Drives me crazy, we're, Brian. We're, we're so bad at spending money here that I'm sure it's just sort of like, it's just going into some some connected person's pocket, and it's not really. Well, yeah. The, the, um, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But on that matter, I was actually talking to Jim Himes, the congressman, um, about like potential funding options. I know they had a fifty thousand dollar grant. I think they lowered it to thirty thousand. Um, but I talked to the people there, and they're like, well. We've got a big wait list already, and we were supposed to have the money, but we don't have it. And even if we do get the money, it's going to be at least six months before people start to get it. And we have a big wait list, so you would get it even later. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, it sounds like Connecticut. It's insane. Well, listen, folks, you are tuning in to Open for Business, and we have Tom Howgy. 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 <laughs> and maybe a little bit better than the first uh, okay. time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Howgy. I'm sorry, Tom. I'm doing the best I can. Co-founder of, and chairman of FIPIO. Uh, we're going to be back in a couple minutes, but before we take this official break, I want to read one of the commercials from one of our illustrious sponsors, and that is CentralCTDental.com. It's the home of Doctors Camp, Zambor, and Brian's favorite, as we've already articulated, Lupini. For serious issues or routine checkups, there's simply nowhere else to go. It's easy to get to on the Plainville Farmington line. All you have to do is call 860-747-5761 or make an appointment online at centralctdental.com. We'll be back in a moment. 
Budwitz & Meyerjack PC is a large Connecticut-based CPA firm with offices in Cheshire and Farmington, Connecticut. Large enough to handle engagements of enterprises with annual revenues in excess of $100 million, yet small enough to cater to smaller businesses and individual clients who expect personalized attention from partners and staff. Client service is the cornerstone of our practice. Our clients have a fixed fee for their audit and tax work. What this means to the client is we're approachable. Personal communication and client services make for strong relationships. Budwitz & Meyerjack, certified public accountants. And the Emmy goes to Stats Magoo. This is Mr. Magoo's first Emmy for an internet podcast. Recently, he came in second place in the Moodus County Fair Chili Cook-Off and in 1973 was awarded the Sportsmanship Honorable Mention for fifth grade badminton. Wow. I, this is, wow. I, what, a, what a shock. What a, I'm just so overwhelmed. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, got so many people to thank. I mean, no, wait, wait. I have to thank people. That was Stats Magoo. Uh, Congratulations, Stats. Coming up next, Justin Bieber sings Smells Like Teen Spirit. We'll be right back. Sandits Travel for business and leisure. We'll take you there. Sandits Travel has been proudly serving Connecticut since 1960. That's over 50 years. And we're ready for another 50 years of superior service. Whether you prefer to come in, call in, or log on, we invite you to explore how efficient, diverse, and fun it is to book through Sandits Travel. Save your money and your time with us. Sandits Travel. We'll take you there. Fresh, organic, and homegrown. On the Horn. On the Horn.com. Oh, I like that track, Brian. Thank you. Welcome back, folks, to Open for Business. Again, our guest this evening, number three here, Tom Haugie. Oh, that was, yeah. I think you got it. I think you got it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Three times the charm. He's co-founder and chairman of FIPIO. We're going to be with Tom in a second. But before we get, we've got one more commercial to read for Deepwater Seafood. Thank you, Brian. Of Avon, just for the halibut. Farmington's Valley, Farmington Valley's freshest seafood is found in one place and one place only, and that is Deepwater Seafood Deepwater. of Avon. They will work with you in your schedule. All you need to do is call ahead, 860-676-9657, or fax with the same area code, 677-2281, and they will get your order together. They'll put it aside for you. Their hours are Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Now, if you're wondering what's on the menu, here you go. Sea scallops, fresh oysters, fish and chips, soup, bisque, chowders. If you're having a party, it's paella for 12 and a salad. It's all you need. It's made with spicy chicken and uh, sausage, scallop strips, and halibut. One place and one place only in the Farmington Valley for sea, uh, seafood. It's deep water seafood of Avon. Just for the halibut. We got to untie ah. your tongue tonight. I know. <laughs> I don't know what my problem let's, is. Let, let, let's do it all together. And do we sausage? And do we? And do we sausage? I don't know. I That's don't know. That's French. Oh, Louis. I'm a paisan. What can I say? Mm. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta jump in with my thought that I had on the break, just to follow up on what you were talking about, Tom. The one thing that I hear coming through loud and clear with the Unreasonable Institute and Epstein and everything they're doing is incredible ambition. And incredible curiosity to learn. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Epstein, he doesn't want to take any companies that don't think they're going to change the world or don't want to scale to a million or even a billion people. 
um, and he's just super ambitious. He's only 26. It's, it's really? pretty crazy. Pretty, wow. pretty wild. Um, yeah. You know, there's that, th- that, that line again, change the world. This is the, uh, you know, 1984 ad from Steve Jobs and the first stupid mm-hmm. Mac machine. And it seems that every freaking person now is, uh, if you, if your, if your idea is not going to change the world, again or change the world <laughs> how it thinks about whatever it's not it's like well, is, is there any space just for making life a little bit better or do we always <laughs> have to like reinvent everything i don't know what do you think um i mean i think a lot of incubators other than daniel epstein's are for what you're talking about i know for example the er accelerator in new york city um they give you 25 grand which is nothing when you're spending the summer in new york city um, and they take 8% of your company um, and kind of what results, because that's a lot of comp- like a lot of equity, like most big companies you hear, Facebook, Google, like they never went through an incubator um, because of that. Um, I mean, they're great programs, but if you have to give up too much equity, then it's not appealing anymore. Um, so what I see a lot with something like the ER Accelerator is because they're not willing to take any less equity. They get a lot of specializing, fringier companies who are going to be successful, going to make the world a little bit better, mm-hmm. but they're never going to be the next big thing. Um, and there definitely is a model to incubate that as well. I Again, I don't think Connecticut has it. <laughs> mm. I want to jump into the startup of Fipio because this is a fascinating story. If, for those that don't know, Sean Parker, co-founder of Facebook, launched his latest venture today, Airtime, which is a direct competitor of Fipio. And Sean Parker, really, the Napster guy. The you Napster guys guy. really want to know who he is. I mean, co-founder of Facebook. I mean, he sort of, he was a little late to the game, but, you know, he was probably just before they went ridiculously big. And Justin Timberlake played him in the social network for all of those in the entertainment TMZ world out there. Oh, I love him. Yeah. So dreamy. But the thing with Airtime, which they launched today, was that the investment to get it up and running was $33.5 million. You're less than 50000 to date. Correct. Are you going to be as big as Facebook? Bigger. All right. Now that you've said that for all of your millions of investors, are you going to be bigger than Facebook? Yes. Really? You're going to yes. start building the Fipio phone, the Fipio flip phone. You can bring back the flip phone. Um, Go retro <laughs> with Flipio. Flipio. I, I actually just met um, someone in Philadelphia who owns seven factories in China and manufactures Android devices. So yeah. theoretically, we could start producing <laughs> Fipio devices. <laughs> All right, I got to ask you because every startup I've ever encountered from the dot com era of the late 90s onward, three simple questions to define your business model. What are you offering? Why will people want it? And how are you going to make money? Okay. So basically, the problem we're trying to solve is you always want to find people. Um, you search it on Google, say you search music, you're going to get celebrities like Wiz Khalifa coming up, and they're not going to talk to you. Um, so what we did was we tried to take the best elements from Facebook, LinkedIn, Skype, Google, and Chat Roulette, roll it into one um, so that you can find the perfect person and connect face-to-face, and we do it all for free. So like you said, where's, where's the revenue model? Um, it's going to be very Google-like 
except I think ours is really revolutionary because I think it's going to add value instead of just getting in the way. Um, and the way it's going to work is using our search engine, you can search people based on location or defining characteristic, whether that's a student in China or someone who's single in San Francisco or a realtor in New York. Um, say you search New York sushi, you'll see a grid of the video profiles um, of users who live in New York and like sushi. Uh, maybe you choose to connect with one. That would you... be a lot, though, wouldn't it? Right. Okay. Uh, um, so you can kind of browse through, find the people you want to connect with. Um, then you can video message them or video chat with them. Um, so maybe you ask them what the best sushi restaurant is in New York. Uh, maybe they say Benke. It's actually a, a main sushi restaurant. Um, but then at the bottom, you'll see um, video advertisements for sushi companies because we'll have an, an ad platform where advertisers can bid on the space like real estate. Uh, maybe Nike, Puma, Adidas run up the cost of a soccer search, but maybe an individual buys um, the space for Buxton, Maine for cheap. Um, and basically, it will be targeted directly to what was just searched. Um, we won't have to pull a Facebook and know that you went to a Chinese restaurant nine months ago. It's okay. I'm thinking about soccer. I'll see soccer ads. Um, and the other cool thing we can offer to advertisers is a chance to connect with them um, via video messaging and video chat in either a monologue or a dialogue. Um, so exa for example, if Nike puts up a video advertisement of their shoes, um, obviously they're a big company. They don't have time to interact with everyone who tries to touch base with them, but they can be like, Hey, send us your feedback on these shoes. And people can send video messages being like, Hey, I love the shoes, but your laces suck or, or sorry. I, I'm not sure if I'm no, supposed no, no, it's fine. You're good. Um, <laughs> but basically, as long as you don't say your laces, <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't say that, um, Brian's got the button or like you could come up with cooler ways to do it. Like for sushi, you could be. Hey, I heard you've got a great sushi restaurant. I'd love to schedule a reservation at five. They can video message you back and say, hey, see you then. Um, or you can use um, the video chat in a cool way. If you're a contractor someone can or a landscaper, someone can be like, hey, um, I liked your profile. I'd love to see an example of your work. They can turn on the video chat on their mobile app and be like, here, here here's an example of a yard I've done. Um, and I could do something like this for you. All right. The critical dependency from what I understand from listening is that you've got to populate Fipio with a whole bunch of resources who have put a video up. It, if I want to go to a sushi restaurant in New York, there has to be sushi restaurants in the Fipio population. Am I correct? No, it um, has to just be people that know that like sushi and know about this stuff. You're really right, getting then there the have to be people who volunteer. I went to this sushi right, restaurant right. in New York. Right, right. So the way it currently works um, is you put in the tags. So, um, and everything's behind the scenes. Um, the really cool thing is like on Facebook um, and even airtime, you see a list of everything about them. Um, on ours, it's all behind the scenes. It's just for search. And you basically decide what you want to be found based on. Um, but the really cool thing we're working on right now, um, another company doing something like this is ARC. They actually just raised the largest seed round in Y Combinator, which is like the most famous incubator history. Um, they just raised, I think it was $4 million and called it a seed investment because wow. they gave up so little equity and didn't even give up a single board seat. 
um, and they just set up a 20-person team um, to basically be a people search engine. Um, but the thing that it makes no sense to me, it's just weird. They don't have any way to communicate. They just have like, I don't know, they use existing social networks. So basically you can find the right person, but it's super, there's no way to connect and, and have it not just be weird. So, I mean, but also I don't find that people connect unless it's like using FaceTime on the phone or iPad or something like that. With someone that you know, people don't connect that way with strangers. You know what I mean? Wait, sorry. Could you could you repeat that? So I don't think people connect in a way that that you're describing. People don't FaceTime with one another who they don't know. Right. They only FaceTime with folks that they know really, really well. Right. So basically, um, our whole thing is that the existing framework is really terrible for this. Um, so, for example, on Facebook, there's an average of 4.74 degrees of separation between two users. Um, so, basically, you're friends with your friends. Um, so, it really went viral because everyone at Harvard all had it in one location. And then everyone was all pumped, so then it started spreading. Um, but the thing with Facebook is if you're the only user in Ghana, it's useless because none of your friends have it. And if you send a friend request to someone in America, they're going to be like, that's weird. I don't want to talk to this stranger. Um, get out of here. Okay. Um, but the cool thing about our site is it's flipping it on its head. So, yeah, our site's not for everyone. It's for people who want to network. Um, but ours has zero degrees of separation. So, say the tsunami hits Japan, you can find someone in Tokyo that day video message them or video chat them and ask them what it's like um, or if you're doing a research report on the apartheid you can find someone of a certain age in south africa and maybe ask them a question um, so yeah i mean the fact that we're using video is gonna rule some people out of wanting to use it um, the fact that it's new connections are gonna rule pe people out as well um, but the cool thing is the way we built our site as the network grows, it becomes exponentially more powerful because there's more ways you can connect with people. Um, but the cool thing about our platform is it doesn't need this massive network to be highly useful. Um, for example, there's a Farmington, Connecticut networking group. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, everyone just goes and meets and networks. What they could do is they could add that tag to their profiles. So you could search Farmington, Connecticut networking meeting browse the video profiles of all the members and video message and video chat with them. Um, so basically all the perks of going and meeting um, in real life, but you can actually at least start the relationship from your home. All right, let me give you an example then. Uh, London Olympics, July, six weeks from now. Okay. Very, very crowded. Yeah. Accommodations virtually impossible. Sure. So I want to go over... Because I just found out a friend of mine's going to be swimming. Right. I can get, if Fipio was up and running, I could get on Fipio, inquire room for rent, London, middle of the Olympics, July 10th through the 16th. Right. So you can search people based on anything, but you're not searching information. So, for example, if we had a user um, in England, which is likely because our, our site's actually been viewed in all 50 states and 99 countries now. Um, but 
what would happen is you could search for someone in England, find them, and be like, hey, I'm going to be in England. Can you recommend so-and-so? Um, and kind of the cool thing about our network structure is if you're that first person in England, you're going to get all the requests for England at first. Mm. So you might not want to answer them. You might <laughs> choose. I to, think not. You might yeah. choose to ignore a lot of them. But if you get a video message from someone in another country specifically to you, addressing you by name, talking about something you want to be connected based on, you're going to be like, oh, that's really cool. Like, for example, um, a lot of people have these expertises of their own that they're passionate about, that they're not necessarily going to build the website about. And even if they do, it might not be followed because it might not get the attention or whatnot. Um, so maybe you, you search Colorado Springs hiking. Um, and you get a middle-aged woman who knows every hiking trail in Colorado but has never had an opportunity to use that knowledge for anything. And you're like, hey, what's the best hiking trail in, in Colorado? And she perks up, and she's all excited, and she's like, oh, you got to go here. Um, and it's really a great way to share a lot of knowledge. Um, cause, sorry, go on. Yeah, I, so what happens if this person is like a mass murderer or something? I mean, like there's a huge thing or like people start using this for like pornography or solicitation of sex. Right. How do you guys protect yourself against that? Right. We actually I, airtime didn't doesn't even have a flagging system, which baffles me. Um, but for us, you need to set up a full account like you would on Facebook. Um, you can either do it through Facebook Connect or we have a native login specific to our site. Um, you can choose which one. Um, and then once you're on, um, the relationship starts out by recording a video and sending it. Um, so kind of why chat roulette got so weird is because you're not tied to an account. It's all live, so no one's accountable for anything. You can just show nudity, and they'll never find you for it. Pretty much like Google Plus is with their, what is that called, Hangouts now? Yeah, um, Google Plus, is, it's linked to your, your Google account, though, oh, so there's true. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But like we actually have a flagging system where you can flag a video as inappropriate, you can flag a user as inappropriate, um, and we can handle everything accordingly there. Um, we have an admin section where we can remove content, we can kick out users, um, and we can automate it as well so we don't have to sit there going through all of that. I see a business model that has the proverbial hockey stick look to it. You're going to, at some, I would assume you and your partner have calculated some level of a tipping point where the number of members of FIPIO makes the connectivity and the question and the queries answerable at a robust level. Right. Um, yeah. So, like you're saying, the whole, it's kind of that hockey stick as once you reach a certain tipping point. I it's mean, just going to go through the roof because right. everybody's going to be able to get their requests answered. And and here's the thing about our our site. Like I said, um, the network structure, instead of the 4.74 degrees of branching tree network, we have a quantum network like um, the Internet or the human brain, and it evolves in a much different way. Um, there was actually a Nobel Prize winner um, in thermodynamics that kind of displayed describe this but as an open system reaches a threshold for stress it either disorganizes and falls apart or reorganizes at a higher level um, and that's kind of how this network structure would happen um, and i'm going to be honest we in order for this to really explode like facebook growth with facebook they did it by having an exclusive network where everyone at harvard had it 
for us, the only way we can get that kind of insane Facebook style growth, in my opinion, is something like Unreasonable at Sea. Because we don't want every single member in one location to have it, although that could be cool for certain things. The best way for us to explode is to have one member in every location. Right. Um, and from right. There, you, you need okay. your connectors as glad. That's an interesting them. point. So yeah, you you don't want you know you want that bucket of 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 people, but you don't want them near each other. Right. Because you need to have the you need the diversity. Yeah, because that's the magic is that you can reach out and talk to someone in Russia or Oklahoma or Belize or or wherever. Whereas Facebook sort of it grew like a cancer kind of thing. Right. Okay. So like you... so there are two different things. Like there's. I'm not saying Facebook is going to die. Um, I'm just saying it's going to become the next MySpace. Uh, <laughs> That's the same difference. <laughs> um, but no, fa Facebook will always be around. It's like even with Mac becoming the real cool thing, they only have 6% of the market. Um, my, Windows still has 94% or something crazy. And that's kind of what we're going for. We want uh, the barriers to entry to Facebook are virtually non-existent. You just have an internet connection you get a facebook account you get done. a cell phone you don't even need internet exactly it's like windows it's the barriers are super low we're like apple where our barriers are a lot higher um and we're not like apple in the sense that we charge for a product but we are in in the sense that we can generate a lot more revenue because of that loyalty for example um we're kind of at the perfect time because it's really the first time in history where every cell phone every laptop has a camera built in. Um, so this really wasn't possible before. Uh, like I said, we're building this for a technology that hasn't come out yet. Um, and we've done some pretty advanced techniques to kind of deal with the fact that it hasn't come out yet. Um, but yeah, it's a lot harder. So like, for example, for us, primarily our users are gonna start out in North America and Europe. Um, I mean, we'll have a lot of throughout Asia, too. But there's going to be a lot of countries, um, especially in Africa, where they don't really have the technology to do this. Either they don't have um, the camera on their phone or on their laptop. Mm, okay. And if they do, they don't have a good enough connection or a good enough camera. Um, so the barriers to entry will be a lot higher. Um, but the really cool thing is... Right now, about 70% of the world doesn't have internet access, which is really wild. Really? And I think about 90% of the world has never left their home country. That um, I believe. And I think they just passed 2 billion internet users, but we also just passed 7 billion people on the planet. Mm. Um, but the really cool thing is, I was talking to Vince Cerf, actually, chief internet evangelist at Google. And he's also known as the father of the internet, or, or one of the two fathers of the internet. Him and Al Gore? No, not Al. <laughs> him and Bob Kahn. Okay. Vince Cerf's actually from New Haven. Um, but anyway, he was saying that since 2000, um, the internet's growth rate has been 15 15% compounded annually. So at that speed, in nine years, 7 billion people would have the internet. Um, and there's a lot of really crazy technologies like O3B networks, mm. um, which stands for other three billion. And basically what they're doing is instead of trying to basically set up this infrastructure on the ground to give the whole world internet, they're just shooting up satellites and trying to give the whole world internet that way. Which um, is the way to go. Right. I mean, and in a lot of in the third world countries and stuff, they're, they're not laying 
cable lines or telephone lines. They're doing all cell tower kind of yeah. stuff. And this, yeah, you know, satellite internet is definitely the way that this is going to have to go, especially in the United States, where you know what we we can't afford to redo everything. You know, redo all the yeah. all the pipes here. Um, we have to do it that way. We can't even afford to get the old stuff out of the ground. So. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, just and go dormant. The the MV Explorer actually, I believe, one of my friends worked IT on the ship. He actually just turned down jobs from Google and SpaceX and took one at Cloudera. Um, but I believe the MV Explorer, if I remember correctly, already has two satellites. They have internet on the ship. Um, they are looking to improve it. Maybe talking to some people. Uh, maybe HP, maybe O3B Networks, maybe Elon Musk. Um, my friend actually was just traveling with his cousin in Europe um, about the potential of maybe even getting a satellite as a publicity stunt. Hmm. Um, for example, O3B Networks is set to commercialize at the exact same time as this program. Um, so that, that could make this even more interesting. Right. So let me, let me ask a, a fundamental question. You mentioned earlier, Tom, that you're in 99 countries did i catch that right right or, okay what are you doing at this moment in time for the marketing to have spread the word so effectively and what's the plan from that point on Great question to you know to market this i mean obviously it's going to be online but i'd just like to hear your thoughts on that right so basically we've been really really lucky um because we've just been getting great stories uh we had front page of the main New England section of the largest newspaper in Maine on a Sunday. Uh, we had front page of the business section, one of the largest in South Carolina. Uh, we even had front page of the business section um, in the Hartford Current. I think I might have accidentally offended um, the reporter. Um, maybe it's my Asperger's. Maybe it's because I was real. Like when we actually talked about incubators and my idea of what an incubator is is completely opposite of the incubators here so my comment i made didn't even apply to the ones here but i think she might have taken offense to it but anyways and you know what's interesting to me and i have to stop you here you're talking about technology squared and yet the press that you're getting the promotion all is old school it's old school yeah. i mean that's a marriage and it's giving you buzz because you wouldn't be you wouldn't have the smile and the energy that you have on your face right now sharing the stories with us if you weren't getting some buzz from old school media right and it's been really interesting because they jump all over it because they're like oh we're going bankrupt <laughs> this is which is the, true th this is this is the opposite of what we are let's get this story like maybe he'll help us with our <laughs> revenue model <laughs> but anyways and we, we're just kind of building i know when i was last in maine um the three biggest tv stations in maine actually expressed interest in an interview but i was there on a sunday on memorial weekend and it didn't work out um, but we're kind of building from print to radio to tv like i said this is my first time on the radio so it's exciting for me well, <laughs> and, and lucky for you it's on the internet so we are reaching out to every one of those countries all at once as opposed to just these radio stations around here that it can only do the local hyper market hmm. you know Thank what i'm saying you, we do know what you're saying brian and you know I'm glad yeah no i do i do know what you're saying tom thank you the show is it's this Actually, we're even over five minutes. This show just flew by. We want to have you back if you'd be willing to do that. Oh, I'd be. I mean, 
I'm I'm often traveling um, around, often to New York, often to Maine. Um, but if I'm ever in the area, for sure. Well, just, absolutely. Yeah. Do you do uh, Google Plus Hangouts or anything like that, or Skypes or FaceTime? We, we can Skype. Come yeah. On. We, what are you talking about, Brian? It's Fipio and Fipio only. Well, that's fine, but you know, I signed up last week and it's all in beta, so I can't get a freaking account going. You, is, is it just is it beta just for your close guys testing it, or, or can I hop in there and try to? Oh, I can I can definitely give you a beta invite for sure. That'd be great. Um, we're right now. I I think I was about to say, but we're working on uh, integration with existing social networks to make it really easy and streamlined. Perfect. Um, but the video messaging works. The video chat works. As good as airtimes. That's uh, great. Right. <laughs> Easier to do iOS or or uh, or the uh, Android stuff. Um, we actually haven't released our iPhone or Android apps yet. Okay. Only web at the moment, but we're working on those right now. Cool, man. Once thanks. again, folks, thanks for tuning in. Open for business. Our guest this evening was Tom Hauge. Got it. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Tom. Tom. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Brian. We'll see you next week. Cheers.